If you've been pondering politics this week, then you've come to the right podcast, because this is Pondering Politics. What are we pondering this week? Who will win the Labour leadership election? Who should and did have received New Year's honours? That's not a sentence. Who should have received New Year's honours? <laughs> are we heading for World War Three? I shouldn't laugh on that one. They shouldn't laugh on that one. <laughs> what are we heading for Well, World I War thought III? I'd put that in as the third one. You know, yes, it's the least to be serious. serious it's probably. in order of ranking. It's not funny, but are we heading for World War Three? And what are you politically hoping for in 2020, assuming that we haven't had World War Three? I'm Andrew, the man on the streets. I'm Simon, the man on the classroom. And together, we're pondering politics. Okay, later leadership. Later leadership. So, so Jeremy Corbyn's resigned, but not resigned, not resigned. Said he's going to resign, but hasn't actually yet resigned. And then keeps saying things to wind everyone up, like, we're going to try and delay Brexit a little bit more, because they have learned so much from the general and, and, and walked with Boris Johnson looking so, so happy. Yes. It's, it's been a few weeks since we've recorded the <clears> podcast. <throat> we didn't do one over Christmas, and then we recorded... We actually recorded the last podcast, I believe... Before the election. Was it before the election? No, we did one about why Oh, no, no, we did. We did, yeah, yeah, yeah we, we did. did. We, we did about the results, um, and then we wished everyone a, like, happy Merry, new year. Merry Christmas. Uh, yeah, Merry Christmas. Three of the viewers had a very well Christmas, <laughs> very Merry Christmas as a result. So we have, at some point, we have a, a Labour leadership coming up, and they are going to be announcing the timetable for this uh, election on this coming Monday, which is probably the day this podcast will be released. So you'll probably know the answer when, when we do this. So Labour elect their leadership... Um, and if you remember the Jeremy Corbyn election, they elect them by MPs have to nominate them. So each, everyone that stands has to be an MP. Yep. They then have to get a certain number of MPs to nominate them. And famously, Jeremy Corbyn didn't have enough Labour MPs to nominate him. And he was, and a few people lent him their votes was the phrase that they used, saying, I'm not going to vote for you, but I will nominate you to get you on the ballot paper because they wanted to have a, uh, a broader um, uh range of candidates and you can see how well that worked out for the Labour Party um, and then uh, the members get to vote vote, and the Labour the Labour it's a bit complicated because Labour actually has votes from um, trade unions and from um, members and from MPs I think it used to be the system although they might have changed it now I should, I should probably double check this one yeah it's, um, it's definitely unions the unit uh, yeah, still involved, yeah, yeah. and then so and then what they do is they they have a, a an elimination system, but it, unlike the conservative one where it's like you have a round of voting and then another round of voting and another round of voting, basically you have a ballot paper using a kind of a um, alternative vote system. So, so, you, so you rank them yeah. in, in order, and so so say say I, say I put let's go back to the previous elections. I'm not being biased. So say I put Jeremy Corbyn first, um, and then I put who who stood last time. Um, Chuka second, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. If, if, if oh, Chuka, yeah. he stood briefly. Yeah. If Chuka gets eliminated, then my vote. Sorry, if Jeremy Corbyn got eliminated, my vote would then move over to Jeremy Corbyn, and, yeah. and, and so on and so forth. So basically, they keep eliminating candidates and redistributing votes until they end up with two left, and then whoever has the most votes um, is the winner. Um, last time, I think Jeremy Corbyn won before. I think they eliminated one candidate, and then he had enough, or he might have even won outright before they even mm. did it. It, it, was, it was that much of a margin of victory, which is, to be honest, is always the the paradox of Jeremy Corbyn is that he was incredibly popular amongst a particular group of people. It was the it, it was the, the the new membership, wasn't it? The new membership, yeah. and perhaps the younger kind of left. You know, he he was he was he's, he was mar he was more the most politically marmite figure we've had. Yeah, in that he was incredibly popular and incredibly amongst this very passionate little group. But as we can see from the two thousand and nineteen election, not 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 the country as a whole. So that's how it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Who do you want to win? Someone more centre for me personally. Hmm. Um, Akia Starmer. I'm not sure about Jess Phillips. The 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 ones likely to stand appear to be 
uh, Lisa Nandy, Clive Owen, um, Jess, Phillips. Jess Phillips, Emily Thornberry, Keir Starmer, and Laura something Bailey. Long Bailey? Laura yeah. Long Bailey? Sarah Long Bailey? Something Bailey. Something like that. I should learn her name. We should learn facts before doing <laughs> before politics. Doing a podcast. Podcast. I, I don't want... I, I want different... Rebecca Longbaby. Rebecca. Sorry, Rebecca. I know you're listening, Rebecca. We're very sorry that we got your name wrong. Um, she's the one that's supposed to be like Jeremy Corbyn version two, isn't she? Yeah. So I don't want her. Why? Because they've got whooped. Is, is there an argument... You know, no. Just give, no, okay. Sorry, is there an argument that it wasn't Jeremy Corbyn's policies, but Je- it was Jeremy Corbyn himself? Because because when we've talked about him, we've talked about the fact that we didn't think he was particularly competent. He has this history of uh, you know with uh, like what, what, what the terrorist organisations that, yeah. that, he, that he, you know in a lot a lot of his baggage was his baggage, and a lot of the things we've criticised him for have been the way he's personally handled him things. We. We haven't particularly ever massively gone off on his policy. So is there an argument that it was the right policy wrong candidate? Yes, but I, I feel that it's like everything in life. It's probably more of a little bit of, every, a little bit of everything opposed to just... Like everything in life, a little bit of everything. Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> like that. But, uh, you know, it, it probably was a little bit of him. It probably was the people surrounding him, which would be probably her directly. Mm. It was some of the policy because some of the policies are good it's like you know help poor people that's not a bad thing mm. um, give everyone free broadband no one cares yeah what'd you say so no but he didn't help himself more running into the election but I think surely as we've discussed previously just getting away from that ultra ultra left to a little bit more centre might help electorally it might help I mean I th- I th- my concern would be just that that if they were to go with another Corbyn-like character, mm. you're essentially running an experiment. You know, can another left-wing can, can a left-wing person win? And and they've kind of they've had two general elections now with Corbyn, and they didn't win. Like, do they really want to have? You know, if I was a Labour Party, so let's say I'm a Labour Party member and I want the party to win, and I don't really mind who's the leader, but I want the party to win. I think I'd be very nervous about Rebecca Long Bailey because, in effect, you've got. She, she could win the next general election, but you're relying on a lot of the electorate being open to her in a way that they weren't open to Corbyn. And if she fails, then you've got potentially a, you a know, decade of a, another. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, because um, well, Cor- you're you're you like Blair. This person. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm pretty. I'm pretty. Cent- I'm pretty centrist. Yeah. So yeah. you you would probably agree with that the Labour Party as a whole needs to move a little bit more centre. I would be fair. I would like I would prefer the Labour Party I would I prefer the Tories to be more centre. I mean I'm just yeah. a kind of a centre I'm just a centrist kind of a guy. Yeah. Um so I would prefer both parties to be more centrist. So yes, I would prefer a more centre like character. But I guess I also like to kind of think, well if I was XYZ, what would I think? And I and I, I, I uh, the, th- the thing is I feel with the whole it's often it's often head and heart. You know, if you are a genuine left winger your heart may be telling you Jeremy Corbyn or Jeremy or Rebecca Long Bailey, but the question the question is, can should, or for me should be, can are they electable? Do they have do they have valance, as in you know the competence? Do the, do they have mass appeal? Um, and looking at that list of candidates, Lisa Nandy, Clive Owen, um, got the name sorry, uh, Emily Thornberry, Jess Phillips, Keir Starmer, Rebecca Long Bailey. I, th- I I think it's probably going to be the lesser known ones that might be able. I think Keir Starmer would potentially have more mass appeal. Um, 
I think Jess Phillips would be a very interesting leader, but I think she she also was a little bit more. She, she she's played very... a lot with Cor- Jeremy Corbyn. She did. She? I, th- she, I think she, she famously said, "I wouldn't stab him in the back; I'll stab him in the front." I mean, she's an amazing character. I've seen her a couple of times live at various political conferences, and you know, and she's an ardent feminist. She's she's uh, got a brilliant life story uh, in terms of you know what she's kind of kind of she's over- overcome, but she's also very brash, very outspoken. Possibly in a way that, that, that Boris is, in, in a way. You know, she's got kind of charisma, but I think she would also have that Boris factor of some people would love her and other people would hate her. Mm. And I think... In some ways, I'd actually I'd quite like to see her as a leader. I, all the people so far announced, even though I'm not sure if I actually... Her as a person, mm. I, I don't know her as a person, yeah. but her, her as a politician, I keep flip-flopping on her, so to speak. I go from listening to an interview going, yeah, and then I listen to another interview about another topic. I'm yeah. like, no, <laughs> why? why would you say that? But I think she's the most interesting. And I think it's time for a female Labour leader because I, yep. being the progressive party and they've never had a female leader. Well, they're not. Gives, the Liberals are the progressive party. Labour's not. Yeah, but they've, they've turned into a more progressive. Well, they say that, but it's, yeah. it's often like what people say versus what they, yeah. they actually are. But I, I, yeah, I mean, uh, but that's one of those tricky things. Saying, yeah, it's time for a female leader, is is, you know, the Labour should have had a female leader by now. I don't think anyone would disagree with that. But then, when you actually kind of look at each individual election, yeah, the do, qualifications, do you, do you then kind yeah. of say, well, we're going we're to, and, and I think one of the, I think one of the interesting thing about Jess Phillips versus Keir Starmer is, is that um, if there is a criticism of Keir Starmer, is that he's a bit generic. You know, he doesn't have that kind of fire um, and, you know, and, and magnetic charisma. He's very like he's very likable, but he doesn't have that kind of metic, magnetic charisma. He, Perhaps Jess Phillip does. He looks like a politician. And I don't and mean a very that. safe politician. Yeah, and I don't mean that as a compliment. <laughs> no, but he's, he's also had, he's very experienced. He's Sir Keir Starmer, of course, as well. Yeah. Um, he's sometimes criticised for the, like the billionaire politician. He's officer, very wealthy. Um, which never bothers me, really, because I always kind of think, well, everyone, you know, if he's, he's proven himself to be successful. It, it depends. This is, this is a positive, surely. Yeah, it, it depends how they gain their wealth. If they came from a relatively working class start point then and they've accumulated wealth yeah then they've done it with skill then great if they just went you know mommy daddy can i have a, a million pounds please <laughs> then no i don't think uh, <laughs> that doesn't really get yeah. anything for me but uh, for me at the end of the day it's all well and good being true to your beliefs but if you're not in power you can't do anything yeah. and if you're gonna go against what you know people want and i think this last election showed what people kind of more in line within the country mm. then you're not going to get anything done you're just going to give a, a decade of Tories so with that in mind mm. probably the most electable ones are probably Keir Starmer maybe Clive Owen maybe Lisa Nandy but they did a poll uh, that came out a couple of days ago amongst Labour Party members and the two most popular by far were Keir Starmer and Rebecca Long-Bailey. So already it's beginning to look Polarized like... Polarised uh, uh, yeah. Well, A, polarised, but B, a two-horse race. Mm. Um, the the other... It, I guess it also depends how long the... Um, the uh, the election period is, you know, yeah. it is there. It is possible for them to have debates. It's possible for a star to rise, for a star to fall, you know, and anything can kind of happen. But the, but the, at the moment, it looks like those two are the the uh, the possible. Do you know if new if I went away, away today and joined the Labour Party, would would my vote still count? Because I heard rumours on the radio that certain parties were trying to remove that. Well, uh, according to the BBC, uh, rightly speak, says the Labour Party's rules say that if you want to join as a full member and vote in the leadership contest, you will have at least two weeks to sign up, but the NEC could could extend this period. 
So, it, so what happened with Jeremy Corbyn before was that they started the election process and then lots and lots of people yeah, joined. They mad rush, didn't they? Um, yeah, to to get him in. So, but the question is also with whether is there a candidate like that this time that would encourage new people to kind of join? Because momentum, in theory, are already members, um, you know, and people like that. Um, so who will win? I don't know. I think I think both of us would prefer a, cent- a more centrist kind of candidate. Go and have a bet, and then the next time. I think we'll, we'll I think yes, I think Keir Starmer was likely to win. Um, Keir Starmer. Okay. I, I'm actually quite a fan of Lisa Nandy. Every time I've seen her, I've been impressed by her. I she's, actually, she's, yeah, I've been quite um, impressed with what she said. She does. I think she did some stuff on. Was it, I think it was um, disabled children or something. She had a big thing. I might be completely wrong on that one, but she had a thing where she like amended a bill and uh, and and so I've been impressed with her. Um, but I think she was she's one of the least known. Clive Owen. Um, is it Clive Owen? Is that his name? Yeah, yeah. He also he's resigned. He 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 was a rising star at one point, but he was one of the ones that dropped off the radar under Corbyn because he resigned as mm-hmm. uh, so he didn't want to serve under him and things like that. Um, ethnic minority might be the you know, kind of the first major British ethnic minority to hold a leadership post, which would be good. Um, so so it's interesting. I think the result will be interesting. And and one of the things that that's come up a few times is that the the leader of a party does decide the future direction of a party. Corbyn moved the party to the left. Blair moved it to the centre. Boris moved the Tories towards Brexit. Um, Cameron moved them towards Remain. You know, so whoever this this isn't just a, a whose face fits. You know, whoever wins this election will have a serious impact on the direction of the Labour Party for you know assuming the next five years potentially could have a a, a face a face on the country. Um, so it's very interesting and very important. I'm I'm debating joining to to actually put my. Ooh, vote in. Would, would would you share who you who you'd vote for? Would, you, be, would you research? I'm, I'm for, out for, of for pure entertainment purposes. You can't vote for entertainment okay, purposes. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? Right. It's not very serious, but it's. I mean, it, I literally just gave a speech saying how important and serious. It is this. important, but sometimes you need to try different things, and I think. Jess Phillips might be the different to uncover new ground that Labour Party haven't done before. Or Kirsten Allen. That's <laughs> to be completely. See, even I'm very much like safe and reliable. I'm or, a lot. I'm new I, when I went to, I hope they don't mind me saying, if you're listening, I hope you don't mind me saying this. When I went to see Jess Phillips, I went with a bunch of my students and she was very Marmite. Like I came out going, wasn't she great? And another teacher said, wasn't she great? And another student said, wasn't she great? And then a whole bunch of the other students said, she was awful. Oh. So she, and, and, and there was very few in the middle. Um, mm. Some of them didn't like the way she was dressed. Some of them didn't like the way that she spoke. Some of them said that she was very brash. Um, and this might be a controversial thing to say. This might, I don't know if this will get us taken off the air. I think if she wins, and I think this is a good thing, but I think sexism will be a big issue because she is oh, clearly obviously a woman and she's brash and she's bolshy and you know you know how that there is unfortunately still sexism in this country and sexist yes. attitudes and i think if she was a man the reactions to her would be very different and that's not right and that's appalling and i probably even shouldn't be kind of saying this but it is one of the things that i would think oh, would, probably it is one of the things that i think would would uh impinge on her leadership it would be a feature of her leadership would be attitudes towards women which is sad. I mean, if you're sad, gonna yeah. if you're gonna dislike her, dislike her for any attitude and her personality. Don't dislike her because of what body parts someone has or has not got. It's silly. I, <laughs> it's I think it would be. Yeah, I th- I, but maybe that's a reason for her to get it. You know, to, to, to you know, let challenge those kind of mm. uh, ideas head on. Um, anyway, that was that. Who should have received New Year's honours? Tell us about the New Year's honours. Well, the. 
at the beginning of a, a what well, the end of a parliamentary session, yeah. uh, the prime minister can hand out honours, lordships, and titles, and etc., to different people. And it became a big deal in the news because of two reasons. The main headlines here, and it was um, Ian Duncan Smith and the main. Uh, a Tory MP who famously brought in the um, the new benefit system, Universal Credit. Universal what a, Credit. What a success! Struggled to get that one off. Okay. And Burko, the former, well, and the fact that they leaked all the addresses of everyone. That oh got yes, I forgot. Sorry, <laughs> I forgot. That, was, that was also a big story. They, they leaked all the addresses and everything. Yeah, so all the contact details of all the people. But uh, the the other uh, historical was John Burko not being honoured. Yes. And he, was he the very first or the first for a very long time? I can't remember. Yeah. Either. Either. It's, it's just even. Yeah. So he's the first speaker not to be immediately promoted to the Lords. Yes. So it, it, would you like to explain furthermore like about the House of Lords and how, how that works? Well, there's, and there's just a convention. It, there, a, 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 the British Constitution is not is not wholly written only only aspects of it are written and a lot of the british system works by convention like we do things because we've always done them and there is a convention that when a speaker leaves their role they are immediately put into the house of lords so so betty boothroyd is 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 in there um and other speakers have kind of gone in there and and it's normally been pretty immediate because the speaker Mm. doesn't stay in the commons um and he hasn't been given this so so it's broken a convention um there I did see something on LBC where there was some Black Rod, who's who the old Black Rod, who's the like kind of the person in charge of one of the other military figures in charge of the department, was saying that actually it's right that Burka wasn't in yet because he's current. He's no, he's not currently a politically neutral figure. It would be controversial to put him there. So the the argument is because he's currently under under investigation for some bullying allegations and things like that. And yeah, so what, staff and so stuff. one of the one of the requirements to go into the House of Lords is that you don't bring the role into disrepute and so he yeah. was arguing that actually because of this investigation which is ongoing now is not the right time so you think from that he will be included at some point just not now i would be shocked if he doesn't go in at some point mm. like like and 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 i think it would be wrong if he didn't go into some point because whether you, whether you like burko or disagree with burko he has been a major political figure he's got huge amounts of experience um he has devoted his life to that kind of a role. So if we're talking about people that, within the political field that deserve it, mm. there's uh, he definitely should. Um, so for, from someone who definitely should, and, and I agree, taking away the, the Brexit and the biased Brexit argument that some people have on yeah. him, he definitely has given backbenchers uh, more time for questions, and et cetera, et cetera, hasn't he? I hope it's not. I, I would hope that it's relatively accepted across the political yeah. spectrum that he has massively improved the ability of parliament to hold the executive to account not everyone and not everyone and the point that burko always makes when you watch interviews with him is that people criticize him of the remain stuff but he's oh his counter argument is always yeah but when when brexiteers were not in government he was supporting them yeah. when when the remainers were not in government he was supporting them. He's always been on the side of the backbenchers, not the particular issue. However, it's also well known, well, well known that he is a Remainer and that his wife is a Remainer and he was also driving around in a car that had bollocks to Brexit written on it and things like that. <laughs> you know, you know, there are certain things that have come up that have made Brexiteers probably quite rightly kind of go, I'm not sure you're as neutral as you perhaps kind of you know, say that you are. Um, so from, from someone who arguably does deserve it but yeah. didn't get it to someone who got it and doesn't deserve it, and I'd be gladly go on record. Ian Duncan Smith is uh, widely regarded as uh, not a very nice man, and I don't. That's, I know that's true because I don't met him. I haven't met him. Sorry, and uh, but his reputation and what he's done in Parliament so far 
uh, with the universal credit and all the troubles that caused and the, the amount of food banks that sprung up. And I know there's various arguments that food banks were always there. It's just that the government supported them more. So there were more there's lots of arguments that I don't particularly agree with. But he's also hasn't actually been good at anything that I'm aware of. Being being irritating. He's good at being irritating, yeah. But these these it, it's the, the famous clip where uh, George Osborne announced the cuts in the first proper um, uh, Tory government without the, the, the Liberal Democrats, and he was yeah. seen celebrating the arms. Now, I've seen some people saying, oh, no, no, that, that's been dismissed. That was edited. He was actually celebrating reforms. Mm. It wasn't cuts. But I haven't researched that, but it would seem to fit his persona. But he, even as the leader of the Tories, when he, he didn't even, like you, you noted earlier, he didn't even get a chance to go into an election as the leader. I mean, he hasn't actually done anything good, has he? Am I being so harsh? I, I, I don't like well, it. I, I, <laughs> it's as simple as that. I assume he's a relatively successful businessman. I'm, I don't actually know that for a fact, but I'm assuming because he's a Conservative MP. Probably. Yeah. But he, yeah, he, he failed very much as a, as a Conservative leader. He was, he was leader and they removed him even before he, as you said, mm. got a chance to do a general election. He, he's, he's a very well-known Brexiteer. Let, I mean, let, let's put cards on the table here. He's been given an honour because he's always been a Brexiteer and he was a major player in the Brexit campaign. Was and he? the current... Yeah, he, he, wasn't, he was never one of the biggest names, but he was always one of the kind of supporters that was there. He always, he always seemed one of the people and, that and, popped and, up. At, as a Brexiteer, he's always one of the people, when I was trying to put my, across my argument to friends and you know having yeah. friendly debates, he would come on the telly and they would go, see, he supports it. How can... It's like, oh no, why didn't you just shush? <laughs> making my argument look heartless and stupid. Well, yes, yes. But let's, let's be honest, the reason why he's got this honour is because Boris Johnson is the Prime Minister. And, and he's, reward, he's basically giving a thank you to a Brexiteer. It's all right giving... Well, wait, okay, fine, fair enough. So should Nigel Farage be honoured in that regard? I, 100%, as a Remainer, would say that Nigel Farage deserves um, a lordship. If, if Burko deserves one, if all of the ex... Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't agree with Nigel Farage. But in the, the, of the system we have with, with the House of Lords, and, it, and it's, it's another debate whether you want a House of Lords or whether you don't want a House of Lords, but if the House of Lords is supposed to be made up of politically experienced people, either from the political world or the business world or any walk of life, Nigel Farage has had a huge impact on our country. He's been a leader for millions of people. He's been successful in some ways, unsuccessful in other ways, but he's been there for years and years and years and years and years. He is, if you're going to have a balanced House of Lords, You've got to have him in it. Good. I, I, I don't I, really think there's an argument not to have him in it. Yeah, I, I completely agree. The yeah. only argument not to have him in there is that you personally disagree with him, and then that, that's just biased. Mm. The, the, the only thing I find stupid about the whole thing is that, mainly with Ian Douglas Smith, is that you can be pretty much a big failure at your particular <laughs> and you can be disliked by nearly everyone. I'm, I'm like, yeah. we've both read... Uh, I'm three quarters of the way through, and you've read uh, uh, David Cameron's. Book. David Cameron hated him. And David Cameron can't stand him. Every I can't stand him. Every chapter, he's he's saying, I wish I'd fired him. Exactly. I wish I'd fired him. Every chapter, the last three chapters, I've it's ended with, and yes, I still didn't remove Ian Duncan Smith yeah. from pensions, and I regret that. Deeply. I regret that. It was just like even if yeah. him, of all people, him yeah. doesn't like him. I mean, if you're disliked by David Cameron for not being great, then that's bad in itself, really. <laughs> That's another special one you should call. That's another special one. Andrew ranting about Cameron. So what do you think the, the, the pre... Cause, uh, but let's also be clear here that Ian Duncan hasn't been given a lordship. He's been given a, uh, a knighthood. If he got given a pepper army, I would think it was over the top and he shouldn't deserve it. <laughs> so what should the... 
I mean, should they be... You should it, have impact. Like, Nigel Farage is successful. Okay. He's, he's, he's never been elected should as an Should Corbyn MP. get one? Yeah, uh, after, after he stands down as leader, should he be given some sort of... Yeah, absolutely. Because, yes, he's failed in two elections, but he became... He got it all the way to the leader of the thing. Mm. He did bring the vote back against Theresa May. Yeah. He did become extremely popular at one point, before kind of ruining it this yeah. time. And he, 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 he moved the argument onto a socialist far left agenda which was kind of his apart from being prime minister one of his objectives he I mean, did that should, 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 should everyone get one should every successful no. politician get one like David, successful like, well, like David Cameron George Osborne Diane Abbott uh, <sighs> I don't know what she's done first black MP okay fair enough yeah that's that's a benchmark has she done anything policy wise that would be classed as a success shadow home secretary for Really? Yeah, that's only because of Corbyn. I don't, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not buying that one. If she wasn't friends with Corbyn, would she be Shadow Home Secretary? Probably not. Exactly. So has she done anything apart from one? <laughs> Which, well, I'm not being harsh, but... I don't know. She's I'm, not, I'm not an expert on every, every politician. Maths. No, oh, God. That, that's harsh. That's the LBC interview look up, sorry. Uh, but I think you have to be a certain level of success. And for me, Ian Doug Smith did not hit that he ruined a department he was disliked by everyone he celebrated people being poor he just well, I, I, I don't, I don't understand why the conservatives are really holding on to this universal credit thing because it, it's had such a bad press it's had such a bad rollout i i do understand that the the initial that the, there are arguments behind it which appear to have, have relatively sound you know the, there's ideas that that trying to simplify the benefit system and try to try to make it so people can't gain multiple benefits and just put it all into one kind of thing i i get that there are some arguments behind it but it's been such a Disaster. Disaster, yeah. Is that I don't understand why. Clock. And you've had so many... You've had now three prime ministers since it. You know, you've had David Cameron, yep. Theresa May, and Boris Johnson. And one of the advantages of being a new prime minister is that you get to wipe the slate clean yeah. of anything and with, with no political... You get to be able to go, yeah, okay, we're going to ditch that. That was terrible. And yet, and yet both of them, have, as far as I understand it, have kept it. Yeah, I, I, I don't get it either. Like, it's a chance to walk back. To, it's a chance to walk back and go and kind of go, yeah, not working. Um, bad idea. Anyway... On, on brighter news, uh, are we <laughs> heading for World War Three? No. Great. But why? Why aren't we? And why is everyone saying we are? Well, it's Don Donald Trump. Donald Trump. No, maybe this wasn't, isn't, isn't it, Trump? This, this does, it feels unfair to say this is Donald Trump. The, American, the Americans have assassinated a, a very high-ranking Iranian uh, general. Uh, I, excuse my pronunciation. Kazim Soleimani. Um who is a very high-ranking Iranian, has been responsible for all sorts of um, kind of war crimes and things like that. The number two, apparently, in the whole regime. Uh, he's a man with US blood on his hands, but he's popular in Iran himself, in Iran itself. Uh, and, yeah, the Americans have, 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 have taken him out. Um, and it's a very aggressive act towards Iran, and, and Iran will certainly want to respond, which is why lots of people today, if you, if you were looking at Twitter today, um, trending was World War Three, Franz Ferdinand, who, which was the beginning of World War One, and not the band. all sorts of, not the band, well, so they, they would be trending to, um, of all, all sorts of things going around. Um, are we heading for World War Three? I don't think we are, because of the um, uh, nuclear weapons since World War Two. I think everyone knows, unless you're a complete lunatic, what proper military movement against another mobile military country means and Iran with the Russia and the Syria cards all in there as well it's very I don't think we're going there I think we're doing 
under the table or dirty little light attacks every now and then. But what I will ask you is that, and you can't really label me as a Trump fan, but I mean, the, 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 the press conference that was given did say that Trump gave the order. Yeah, it's the president. It's always what choice did he have at this point? Because he, I, I know what everyone's saying. It's like, you know, you've, you've, you, you've done a drone strike at Bag, Baghdad airport and you've completely obliterated the guy. He apparently had to be identified by a finger. So they got him pretty good. <laughs> but the, the, the Iranians have taken ship tankers, all ship tankers, yeah. including a UK one. They've attacked a Saudi Arabian oil refinery, I believe, mm. off the top of my head. Uh, they were involved in supplying weapons to the Syria government. Yeah. They're involved in gassing civilians. They keep doing things over and over and over. And then America have done this one thing. Yeah. I mean, not including, just in case anyone listening, and you know, uh, yes, America, like nearly every nation on the planet, is not innocent of all crimes past. But just, just this incident isolated have done this one thing and taken out this guy who... Also, if we're to believe the U- U.S. government, that w- was planning attacks against U.S. diplomats. Mm-hmm. What other choice did they have? Was just, just allow to keep happening? I think it's always. I take your point. I take your point. I think it's always a choice between to what extent. To what extent do you see that this is escalating a situation or de-escalating a situation? And I think there's two. Other oh, this is escalating. Yeah, no well, doubt. Well, but... Well, well, but you could make an argument that it's not. You could make an argument that by removing one of the problems, you're Trying to mm. trying to de-escalate by removing a problem, but there's two examples I'd bring in. One or re- relevant examples to bring in, and it's kind of one is the assassination of Osama, Osama bin Laden yep. by Obama, which is probably a like for like thing. You know, you're taking out a, a kind of a key figure that's been involved in that one, and that was a situation in which they decided, yes, we're going to do it. The other one is when Obama uh, set a red line for Syria. Do you remember when Syria chemical was going weapons. to use chemical yep. weapons, and then he said, you know, if you do that, we're going to invade you, or we're going to do something serious. And then they did it. They used chemical weapons on their own civilians, and Obama went, mm, I'm not going to do it, because mm. they kind of saw what the, well, I guess... It, it was I, 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 by the Russians, reason. and it would cause... Yeah, problems, so yeah. It, where's it going to go? So, so your, your question was, did he have a choice? And I think that the... I take your point that you're, you're arguing, actually, there was no choice, really, because they go, but, but I think there is always a choice between between escalation and de-escalation what was it the right thing to do i think there's probably a very strong argument to say yes did he deserve it there's probably a very strong argument to say yes you know had the americans actually been quite reserved so far on this kind of stuff you can probably kind of say yes but i think this this i think the problem is you don't really know what the effect ooh, you don't really know what the it's effect so is going to be sorry i just punched up. the microphone <laughs> um i mean i don't think it's going to lead to world war three um, I think Iran will want to respond, but Iran's capability to respond will always be limited by the weaponry they can get. Mm. I think the big question will be Russia, the other countries in the Middle East. To what extent will to what extent will will other countries kind of get drawn into whatever happens next? And I think you're right. You're right that 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 that, that hopefully cooler heads will prevail amongst the bigger countries. But there's a hell of a lot of egos going around here between the big leaders. Yeah, you got Putin, Trump. Putin, Trump. Apparently, Boris wasn't even notified that this was going to. Normally, you. you well, it's not war. Yeah, but the protocol normally is if you do a major thing like this and yeah. taking out the number two in the Iranian government yeah. is a it's major thing. Yeah, yeah. Normally, you let your allies know, and apparently, he didn't do that. I can see why you didn't, because the more people that know, the more likely it is that so, someone, oh, yeah, someone going to get back to him and, and things like that. I don't think I, I would criticize that one. I, I'm not. I don't even know if I criticize this one. I think, I mean, from what you're saying, I mean, would you have made the same choice? With the information I have at hand, which uh, the, the only thing that makes me pause in this is apparently there was lots of diplomatic 
um, de-escalation before this happened yeah. in the past month apparently there was like some prisoners exchange yeah. or something there was lots of talks and things and going on yeah. and then this has kind of come out of nowhere but he was and I've listened to a lot of interviews from Middle Eastern people ringing into radio stations today um, just just in the background there was just caller after caller after caller of people from Lebanon Syria saying that basically he's a blood-soaked maniac mm. and this is not my words these are the people from yeah. the regions saying that they have run from these regions from people like him and the way that Syria just kept doing these things to not just the US but to Iran. the UK as well Iran yeah I mean they took two tankers and one yeah. of the tanks belonged to us mm. remember there was that going yep, back and forth I mean yeah they kept doing it I don't know what they expected to happen with of all people Trump I think they're essentially yeah yeah, I mean, I think the, the options that were on the table in front of well, the world, really, with, with, a, with a country acting like Iran, is to what extent do you just accept the things that they do? Mm, you can't just keep letting them. And, because... and, and, and to what extent do you stamp back and go, okay, well, we're going to stand up now? Mm. I mean, because what's not going to happen over the next few weeks is lots of peaceful things happening. And, you know, any. Yeah, uh, there'll any... be lots of puffing out chests now and saying, we're going to do this, and Trump's going to yeah. come back and they're going to do that. But at the same time, you just can't let people and. But perhaps, they've, they've, perhaps they've also shown if you instigate this kind of stuff, we will come after you. Yeah. So, so maybe, maybe you know they've tried diplomatic things for ten years or so, and now they're trying something else. There, there, there was a Trump. Look, maybe finally, put if you want to add, there was a Trump supporter coming on the radio today, and uh, they did make a very good point uh, after the thing you said about Obama. Yeah. And I'm, I think Obama's a very charismatic, cool guy, yeah. but. Who would you rather try and push, Trump or Obama? And whatever the reason may be about Trump's personality, if you love him or hate him, I would rather try and push Obama a little bit because he's shown previously that maybe he's not willing to back up those red lines. Where Trump, you just he's unpredictable. It's like, why? Do I oh, you see, like antagonise you. Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't antagonise. You never know what Trump's going to do. And I suppose for him, there is a bit of strength in not being able to predict his next move. He's been both aggressive and friendly towards North yeah. Korea. I just, on the flip of a coin, yeah. I just clip my fingers, that isn't the, the sound of a flip of a coin, but you get the, my gist. The strength of instability. <laughs> the strength, exactly. But, and again, I'm not saying that America has been completely innocent in past, uh, especially in the oh, Middle God, East. Of course they haven't. But just not. this incident, I can't see how this was wrong. So what are you politically hoping for in 2020? Where are we going? What's happening? Look into our magical crystal balls and uh, what would you like to see? Free, what, what do you free think? broadband. What do you, Damn it! <laughs> Why? Well, what do you want to see and also what do you think we will see? Well, so let's go with the big question. Will okay. Brexit happen? Yes. I, I, well, we will withdraw from the European Union at the end of January, this month. Mm -hmm. Will Brexit, will we get a deal from every source I've read and listen and interview. No, <laughs> it's apparently impossible to get it done in a year. But he's got he should, the blockage shouldn't be Parliament anymore. No, it's just practically how practical negotiation. How quickly can you put together a good deal? Will we see? Well, what about do you think your your own question back at you before you move on? I th I know I agree with your your analysis. I think that the the, the it will get through Parliament. I, I think that the if anything stops it now, it won't be parliamentary parliamentary majority. Mm. Um, uh, I, I think there will also be a desire from both Boris and the European Union to try and move relatively speedily. I guess it would. The question would be, what kind of post-Brexit deal does Boris and his team go for? Because um, my 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 assumption would be, if they go for something that kind of already exists, you know, in line with something like what Canada's got, with what Norway's got, Canada plus plus plus, all that kind of stuff. You know, if they if they if they go for something that there's a model for, 
they'll be able to do it relatively quickly. If they try and go for something a bit more unique, that will obviously take longer. Mm. And of course, you've still got this Northern Ireland issue in the background, which brings you to our second question, which is about the current status of the continued status of the United Kingdom. Scotland, Northern Ireland, you've now got continued pushing for independence referendums from Scotland, and you've now got this massive division placed in Northern Ireland. If Brexit happens the way that Boris has planned it out, his solution, Theresa May's solution to the Brexit problem was to kind of push it, push the border back to into Ireland. Mm. Boris's solution has been to put the border in the sea between yep. uh, between the mainland and Northern Ireland, um, which does raise the question about whether that will actually see a, a, a renewed push for independence in that region too. Um, so, a question to you: will, will we see any movement of the United Kingdom or a continued? You know, I or am I being think, too negative? No, I, I think with how well SNP did during the election, I think it's only a matter of time before they get a second independent referendum. Um, Which I, is weird because you've never been I, in favour of a second referendum. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't say I was in favour of this one. Oh. I just said that it's probably now, it's eventually going to happen. I wouldn't say it's probably going to be this year, so it's not in 2020. No, well, Boris won't, won't allow no, it. I, I wouldn't. It's, it's quite, if I was Boris, I would say, no, you have one. And it's not, that was a, we all agreed it was for a generation and it hasn't been a generation yet. Come back in 2025 and see how I feel. I think the question will be is what te- what does the SNP do like do they do they go down the Catalan route in Spain and hold the vote in in Scotland anyway you know because they because yeah. they because they they don't have the power in the Scottish parliament to call that referendum but they I, I mean I, I would assume they have the power to organize it you know do do they do, mean, yeah, do they, they just do to, to what extent do they almost yeah. like tweak the tail yeah, in, I mean they sort of, could and then take it but you know but I think they, they haven't said that by the way I'm making no, that no, yeah, yeah. and I completely understand their point um, about being independent, but I can't see how it would help them or the UK. I think my my opinion is it wouldn't be a good thing. But yeah, g- give them another referendum. But you just had one. It doesn't. I mean, if Brexit goes very bad for everyone, then yeah, you could there, there would be even more argument to bring it forward because their current argument is yeah, but we didn't vote for Brexit. Yeah. But if it's a success, it's like well, what's the problem? There isn't any problem. I'd if like, it's terrible, then it's like, okay, we've messed up your country as well as our country. I, mean, I know we're one country, but you get the point. Yeah. We'll give you another referendum. And then I'll probably leave because who wants to be stuck in that? I'd like to see, in 2020, mm-hmm. I'd like to see the the reemergence of a proper opposition, which would assumably be the Labour Party. I don't, it could be a, another party. But there was an, um, Anna Subri was on a radio station the other day. And she's lost her seat. She's no longer yeah. MP. She was one of the ones. She was one that became Change UK. And she said that one of the travesties of um, the Corbyn era, in her view, was that they that Labour ceased to be an effective opposition, um, and therefore it was Conservative MPs like herself that became the unofficial official opposition, and they were the ones actually trying to um, uh, overturn that. And um, you, you can agree, you can disagree with that, but either way, I think she's got a point. I think she, she's 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 right that that Labour effectively failed to be the effective opposition i've overused the word effective there. um effective. but it would be nice to, to whoever wins the labor leadership it would be good to see them returning to a more valid opposition there's probably a better word yeah I mean. that's what i'd like i'd like to see that Incredible. well yeah what i would, would like to see? I, can, can i do two can i be cheeky yeah, yeah, cool. i would like boris johnson to keep his word with the things he said during the election like the NHS. I, don't, I, I don't want to see nasty party return okay. i want to see them think, wow, we could be in power for one decade, maybe two decades. You know, mm-hmm. they could really break all records of this if they played their cards right. 
I mean, they've got a hard time with the whole, you know, they've got the working class north now. I don't know how they're going to appease that with the, the businesses and everything else. But there's, there's a way. When, when there's a will, there's a way. If they're a kind Tory party and they keep their promise about the NHS and they start rolling back all the damage done by Sturry and stuff like that, then I'll be on board with them. I can't really see the problem. Well, he's got... Thatcher was... A, you know, people often talk about the era of Thatcher. You know, Milk was, Snatcher. Won, yeah. Well, she won three general elections on the trot. 79, 83, 87, and then after she'd gone 92. Four yeah. general elections, and they were in power from 79 to 97, so that was 18 years or mm. 19 years, depending on how you count it, I think. In theory now, Conservatives have been in power for 10, if you include the coalition. Yeah. They're almost certainly going to win the next general election. It's not guaranteed, but mm. they're almost, we're looking at the majority, they're almost certainly going to win the next general election. You know, they, they could, We could have 20. So let's hope that they do things with it that are with that power that are will make a real difference. I mean, they, they, to be fair, they have made a real difference to the country. Mm. Like whether you agree with them or disagree with them, Cameron did make a lot of reforms, um, especially to to cuts. So I guess we'll, we'll have to we'll see how that one kind of goes. And my second one is the reemergence of centrist politics. Yes, because I still feel homeless, and I'm very yes. sad about this. Either the growth of the Lib- the regrowth of the Lib Dems, or Labour moving back to the centre, or another party. Or I- Tories moving slightly more centre, centre centre right. I mean, Boris could be the centre. Yeah, I don't uh, care where it comes from. I just want logical. Lo- let's not just agree with an idea because it's right or left. Let's look at each individual idea and proposal on its own merit. Practical, non-ideological. Yeah. I agree with this because it's right, or I agree with this because it's less stupid. Just look at each individual. For what it's worth. So there we go. What's your uh, wishes for 2020? Where do you want to see the country go? What do you want to see in politics? What Do you agree with what we said today? Do you disagree with what we said today? Do let us know in the comment section or, or debate it at home yourself. And please rate our podcast positively so it helps other people find us. Thank you kindly. And we'll see you next week for some more Pottering Politics.